Howdy. This is Vosh. You may know me from the YouTube channel, Vosh, where I livestream. Most of it's garbage, but sometimes the good bits get uploaded here. This is previously live. This is the religious guy who the, the people call in and they're like, help. I make 27000 a year and I've bought four Bugattis on credit. Help, help, please. Help me balance my budget. I spend $10 a month on groceries, $1,000 a month on rent, and $100,000 on my plushy beanie baby collection. This is this guy, right? He's a former sports coach who became a pastor. Gotcha. He pointed a gun at an employee a while back. Yeah, based when Biden, I think it was Biden, maybe been Trump, did the first um, pause on student loan repayment, it instantly created a pretty cool uh, study that could be done because you had a group of people. Biden couldn't pause the bank loans because he didn't have the authority because it was the banks that made the loans, but he could pause the loans that the government made. And so these researchers came in and said, what was the what was what actually happened there? At the end of the day, they found that the payment pause helped for about 30 seconds. Conversely, those that were a beneficiary of the pause ended with more debt than they started with. Okay, we're missing some context here. So, uh, Biden put forward a student loan forgiveness plan uh, a while ago, and it, Congress has voted to kill it. So. Your um, your your payments have been paused for a while now. If you took a uh, a public loan, the uh, the loan has not been forgiven. Uh, but what's more, apparently interest has continued to accrue while it has been paused. The 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 interest block has not been maintained, meaning that effectively, like no interest has accrued. Isn't it the interest has accrued? Wait, really? I don't think so. Wait, I heard that it had. Hold on. Not accurate? Well, hold on. Let me see. No? Okay, you've said that four times now, facetious. Thank you. I see it. I have 250... How do you have a quarter million in student debt? They wanted to retroactive it, but Biden stopped that. Okay, so, so, all right. Student loan debt to Soros senators vote to retro retroactively add interest. Evil, by the way. Truly, genuinely evil. The Senate passed the Republican bill blocking President Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness program Thursday with a 52 to 64 vote. It gained the support of, wow, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. How surprising. Repeal the Biden administration's program to cancel up to 10,000 in federal student loans for borrowers whose income fell below a certain level. It would also end a Pandera, uh, pandemic era pause on interest accrual and retroactively add several months of student loan interest that were waived by Biden's extension of the measure, meaning that millions of students will see their debt rocket upwards. This sparked anger amidst people. But you're saying that the, the additional interest was blocked. Undo Biden's latest extension of the payment pause and retroactively add several months of student loan interest waived by the extension. The legislation which passed in the House now heads the White House. So where does it say that they are not going to do the retroactive interest increase? Biden is going to veto the bill? God damn. Chat learning that Biden isn't on your side? Well, wait, hold on. The votes here are pretty much on party lines, aren't they? 
Yeah, except for a few Dems who moved over, but it's like all Republicans. He could veto and they'd have to flip a lot of Dems. Well, they're, they're saying he's going to veto the increase in the student loan repayment debt via the interest. So he's going to veto on that condition, but otherwise he's not going to veto. But it's also going through the courts. All of this over a, 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 a $10,000 leniency and only for poor people. Jesus. Senate block student debt relief payments will resume in August. Here's what borrowers should know. Voted to block program being challenged in the Supreme Court. Payment for borrowers will resume. Biden is expected to veto the bill, and he's vetoing it because of the interest accrual. Even with the veto, loan payments are expected to resume in two months. That was part of the debt ceiling agreement. So Biden accepting an end to the student loan forgiveness plan was part of the debt ceiling agreement, but the interest accrual wasn't. No? Yes? The loans restarting is. Well, that would be an end to the... Yeah, okay. He ended the pause on payments. Okay, payments resuming is part of the agreement. And additionally, you have this crap. So there are three portions to this. We have payments resuming, the interest, the retrospective interest, um, and we have the debt relief itself. And those are three separate things that are all being kind of battled for in their own conditions. The payments are going to resume. That's being done. Biden is going to veto this because he is contesting the retroactive interest. And the Supreme Court is challenging the unilateral debt forgiveness. Okay, we're back on it. Finally, now we have the context. They didn't have any increase in their life falling apart. The word I kept coming to was, or the words I kept coming to is they figured it out. Conversely, those that were uh, beneficial- And this person is trying to make the argument that people actually were hurt by not making continuous student loan payments and the people who had to keep making them because they weren't affected by the payment pause were actually better off. Gary of the pause ended with more debt than they started with. And I, I just can't have to keep reading that and reading that and reading that because Dave, I remember uh, Twitter tried to set you on fire when you said that $1,300 isn't gonna change your life. It's not, or $600 isn't gonna change your life. And what they're saying is actually that pause made it worse. Wait, what? 1300, 600. Wait, is he talking about the COVID relief payments? What does that have to do with the pause on student? Wait, what? Was it, what does that have to do with pausing the student payments? Also, 1300 can absolutely change your life. What are you talking about? People took the money that was uh, in cash that they weren't sending to student loans and they went and put it on down payments for more debt. So it What? What is a down payment for more debt? What is that? How, do, how does one put a down payment on debt? What do they buy with it? Because the studies that I read show that people use the COVID stimulus money to buy like groceries and shit which is what they needed them for. 
This is so vague. Well, I know these guys promote like that brain soup, pull it up by your bootstraps. Anyone can make it out of this if they try nonsense. Like this, this isn't like a good economic show. It looked like a great political move. It helped for a few months and then it got bad. So everyone's life is going to fall apart because of COVID and you cannot afford to pay your student loans. So we, the government, are here to help you. We're going to put your student loans on pause. Okay. The net result is that people took that pause and used it to go further into debt. So the argument he is making right now is that you can't give poor people money because if you do, they will... No, not even you can't give poor people money. You can't not charge poor people because they'll use the money. Like, rather than spending this money on student payments, they continue to indebt themselves because we live in a debtor's economy. As if they wouldn't keep going into debt with the additional, like, $500 a month uh, of student payments they had to make. Proving that they were not in much trouble to start with. That is not how debt works. How is people getting into debt proof that they did? What the f does that mean? They see poverty as a moral slash genetic failure. Yeah, this is like true, um, like Protestant work ethic stuff. That's the whole like that's the whole deal with this guy. If you're ever poor or in debt, it's because you're lazy and you're not hardworking enough and you're stupid and you're gullible, and you're greedy, um, and the only thing that you need is to toughen up and, and buckle up and, 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 and pull your bootstraps up. Uh, and, and this has culminated in an argument where he seems to be suggesting that the way to give poor people money is to charge them more money. That is actually what he's saying. He's saying that poor people, because they weren't being charged for their student debt payments, lost more money because they were being charged less money. Phenomenal stuff. This guy's getting sued for fraud right now. $150 million lawsuit alleging promotion of a failed company. Oh, this is from yesterday. Yeah, well, you know. Radio host and author Dave Ramsey spent many hours promoting a company that promised people an easy way out of their timeshare obligations and was paid substantially in the process. For fees ranging from $4,000 to $72,000, Reed Hine and Associates promised to relieve or exit companies of their timeshare agreements. Holy shit! A very wise... Um, and very reasonable financial manager promoting uh, obvious scams at great personal profit. The study's abstract will clarify things. It'll shock you. They misunderstood it. Debt moratoria, evidence from student loan forbearance. We evaluated the effects of the 2020 student debt moratorium that paused payments for student loan borrowers. Using administrative credit panel data, we show that the payment pause led to a sharp drop in student loan payments. Well, yeah, there was a pause on them. And delinquencies for borrowers subject to the debt moratorium, as well as an increase in credit scores. That makes sense. We find a large stimulus effect as borrowers substitute increased private debt for paused public debt. Comparing borrowers whose loans were frozen with borrowers whose loans were not frozen to differences in whether the government owed the loans, 
we showed that borrowers use the new liquidity to increase borrowing on credit cards, mortgages, and auto loans rather than avoid delinquencies. So yeah, people who had their student loans paused had more room in their credit card to put towards spending on other stuff. The effects are concentrated among borrowers without prior delinquencies who saw no change in credit scores, and we saw little effects following student loan forgiveness announcements. The results highlight an important complementary between liquidity and credit, as liquidity increases the demand for credit even as the supply of credit is fixed. And they're turning this into, well, you can't not charge poor people because if you're not saddling them with debt, you know what they do? They go and rack up debt. Guys, did you know that if you don't charge poor people money, they will then use the money on other things? If you can believe such a thing. No, no, Vosh, you don't understand. If they had student debt, they couldn't have borrowed money for food. They would have starved. No, no, no. You're thinking of this entirely the wrong way, okay? If they continue to make their student loan payments because they're being responsible and, 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 and paying their debts on time and not relying on government handouts in the form of a pause payment, the food would simply manifest in front of them as an expression of the moral goodness of their behavior. Their actions are in line with God's creation. And as such, uh, they will be rewarded. Diligence and hard work are always rewarded which means that if you're poor, you haven't been rewarded, which means you're a bad person. Or that they had the capacity now to get in even more trouble. Exactly, exactly. Compa here's the note from the actual white paper. Comparing borrowers whose loans were frozen with borrowers whose loans were not frozen due to differences in whether the government owned the loans, we show that borrowers use the new liquidity to increase borrowing on credit cards, mortgages, and auto loans rather than to avoid delinquencies. Guys, did you know that if you don't charge poor people money, they'll spend money to get other things that they want? So the narrative was, we are here to help you poor people who have had your lives destroyed by COVID, and you're not going to have to make your payments because we know you're starving to death. And I mean, yeah, a lot of them lost their jobs or just like, no, so look at this contemptuous, like, yeah, a lot of them literally couldn't afford groceries. Like the economy was, yeah, the economy was crippled. People lost their jobs, and a lot of people were on leave for uh, uh, long periods of time. Like they, the, the, like the money they spent that they went on their cards. It's like food. Everyone said, hold my beer, I'm gonna go buy a car. Sweet, now I can get a car. Sweet, now I can get a car. Here, here, That's here. Where was the, where was the link? There it is. Use this new liquidity to increase borrowing on credit cards, mortgages, and auto loans rather than avoid delinquencies. Okay. I think he's misreading this. They were paying their, their auto bills and mortgages. Like, you have to pay for that. That's, that's debt. 
the effects are concentrated among borrowers without prior delinquencies who saw no change in credit scores and we see little effects following student loan forgiveness announcements. The little conservatives hate humanity. Yes, like this is, read the line before it said borrowing, not paying off separate debt. Comparing borrowers whose loans were frozen with those who were not frozen, we show borrowers use the new liquidity to increase borrowing on credit cards, mortgages, and auto loans rather than avoid delinquencies. Yeah, it would depend. Okay, the way, if I'm reading this correctly, what this paper is suggesting, if unless I'm misreading this, is that people whose $500 a month student loans were paused then went and bought houses during the pandemic? Basically, there's a cohort of people who had no problem paying for student debt before, decided to use those payments for other purchases when the pause took effect. Because this is for uh, borrowers without prior delinquencies. So these effects, the increase in delinquencies, or rather than avoid delinquencies, concentrated for people without prior delinquencies who saw no change in credit scores. So if they saw no change in credit, okay, so let's, let's follow this through logically because I feel like they could really expand this segment a little bit, this paragraph. If they had no change in credit scores, that would mean that they were not being delinquent on their card payments, right? Because if they were, then their credit score would go down, correct? So logically, if somebody is seeing no change in credit scores, that would mean that they are not experiencing delinquencies. And this sentence says, borrowers use the new liquidity to increase borrowing on credit cards, mortgages, and auto loans rather than avoid delinquencies. So what they're saying here is not that these borrowers were racking up delinquencies. They were paying their stuff on time. What they're saying is that the extra bit of money these guys had went towards getting new stuff that wasn't just their credit card loans, but they weren't late on their credit payments. They were using their extra money from not spending on the student loans to do other things in a fashion that did not lead to credit card delinquencies. Because it says right here, the effects are concentrated among bar uh, borrowers with no prior delinquencies, who saw no change in credit scores, and we see little effects following student loan forgiveness announcements. So they used their extra money to just do stuff and were fine? That's literally it. They just, they had a bit of extra money. They weren't late on their credit card payments, their auto loans, their mortgages, whatever else. So they used the money on other stuff. Okay. I do think this paragraph is unclearly written. Because the sentence rather, or the clause rather than avoid delinquencies, really does imply that they're racking up delinquencies. But if they're not seeing a change in their credit scores, that can't be the case. So I know I'm dumb. This guy is a financial advisor. And he's completely misreading this, correct? This isn't even a 
poor people going further into debt that they need to thing. This is a people who can already afford their student payments using their extra money to do a little bit of extra stuff while they can. He's definitely choosing to misread it. That's also perfectly viable. I really, really do think they could have done a better job phrasing this, though. The way this is written is very unclear. I, economics is not my strong suit, so I know that I'm maybe a little bit slower on it than some professionals would be, but you really have to be clear when you're writing shit like this, man. Exactly what the net result of this is. Here's the line. By the end of the sample period, student debt borrowers have about 5% more household debt. Than the ones... Because they got more... First of all, 5% is nothing. Second of all, they would have still had their debt go up if they had the student loan payments. That causes debt. Third of all, yeah, apparently they got houses and cars. Okay? Is that bad? Like... If right now I have no credit card debt, I know, I know, hold your applause. But if I went and bought a house, I would suddenly have an enormous debt in the form of my mortgage payments, which I will be paying off for a long time. But just because my debt increased massively doesn't mean I made a bad financial decision. ...that did not get the government help of the pause. Perhaps paradoxically, temporary student debt relief leads to higher overall household debt levels and larger future debt burdens. Because it, but it says right there in the abstract that this is in the form of auto loans and mortgages. The debt you're taking in this case is good. You're securing your assets. It, it, the debt didn't go nowhere. The debt is because you bought something. You... The debt accrued doesn't just go into a void. You got a thing. Yeah, the funny thing is, I guarantee you that these dipshits are normally the kinds of people who would promote homeownership as a vehicle for, like, long-term financial security, you know? They are? Yeah, you go into debt when you buy a house, unless you're wealthy enough to just buy it up front. But that's insane. That's a tiny percentage of the population that can do that good news for debt pauses as stimulus payments but bad news if you think that debt pauses are just the nudge people need to get their financial house in order they allowed the people they allowed them to get cars and houses what you need to understand is this guy's an anti-debt abolitionist he says you should buy your house in cash and not use credit card oh so he's insane wait first of all okay he's so he's insane so this is just delusion this is lunacy this is actual insanity Buy your house? Are you kidding me? Show up with 18 suitcases of $100 bills stacked to buy like a, a, a one-tenth of an acre in Los Angeles? What are you talking about? Are you insane? So no, this is, uh, this is gospel. This makes sense. This makes sense. He's a preacher. This is gospel. This has nothing to do with reality. This is the church of no debt, all right? This is the church of no debt. Leaving aside the fact that, A, if you are only allowed to buy houses in the form of cash, you will never have a house in your life unless you are settling for some, like, tiny Louisiana swamp property or whatever else. And also, it is a good idea to make payments on a credit card because you can use it to build a line of credit that you can use to prove to banks that you are financially responsible enough to give larger loans for houses and cars. 
That's not true, Vosh. Mortgages are the only debt he's okay with. If he's okay with mortgages, then why is he against the thing when the abstract said that the money was spent on mortgages? There's no universe in which this guy is consistent. Absolutely none. They taught Dave Ramsey in one of my high school classes. That's like, this is like Prager U economics, man. Jesus Christ. Here are his baby steps. Oh, God. Save a thousand for your starter emergency fund. Just, bro, just save a thousand dollars. Pay off all debt using the debt snowball. Bro, just pay off your debt. Bro, bro. Save three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. Oh, yeah, dude. Just three to six months of groceries, auto payment. Rent. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just, yeah, a couple tens of thousands of dollars for most. Yeah, you know, just something that like 1% of Americans have. Yeah, just do that. Invest 15% of your household income in retirement. It's not enough to have a nest egg larger than like all Americans, okay? You also need to put 15% of your income to retirement. Then save for your children's college fund. Then, oh, pay off your home early. It, you idiot. You, you retard. Have you ever considered simply using your money to not have debt? How about leveraging your income to get rid of your household obligations? Save a nest egg for the future. It could be, you know, 20, 30,000. Ideally, a billion. A billion dollars. You think that's bad financial advice? Find me one person with a billion dollars in their bank account who's having financial trouble right now. None of them? That's right. It's because this advice works, dummy. Jesus Christ. This is a sermon. This is a sermon. We are listening to a sermon. Anti-poor sermon. None of them did, statistically. Wow. They went further in the hole. So... Once again, your government you interferes are, in the guy. economy, and once again, they screwed it up. Well, I think this is a good moment for me to say I was wrong. Just a perfect and clear example of how brain-dead bootstrap economics is just another uh, vessel for the wealthy to destroy the poor. It's class warfare against you. Here you have an ultra-wealthy uh, who had, as I understand it, the most overpaid job in the universe, sports coach, who moved over to being a preacher who is now preaching that the government uh, student loan pause that objectively helped people and apparently allowed them to build uh, uh, enough financial security to get mortgages and auto uh, uh, you know, loan payments out uh, was actually bad because you stupid poor people just go and waste the money on debt anyway, something he's sure of because he's misread the abstract. I remember when <laughs> when you said he was never a sports coach that's in he's in real estate that's worse it's not going to help save your life and I thought to myself I think it will I think it'll make a huge difference is having a credit card necessary slash advisable um I'm 30 and I don't have one yes yes get it put small payments on it and pay it off what's his net worth estimated net worth of 200 million dollars well, hey guys, just 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 save just save up a billion dollars. He's a fifth of the way there. Assuming he doesn't uh, lose all of it in the lawsuit that he's received for um, scamming people. 
And Dave, in front I'm of America. I'm glad you kept that to yourself. I, oh, I did. I did. I, was, I would have I, made fun of you I on was the a air. new employee here. <laughs> but I think it's fair to say I was wrong, man. Well, I, I mean, the, the point is. It didn't work. It, the point is not a philosophical uh, let them eat cake statement. When you say $1,300 doesn't change your life, but really. I don't know why he keeps mixing up the COVID stimulus payments with the student loan pause. Those are two separate things, but. I mean, if you are at the poverty level, $15,000 a year, $1,300 is not even 10% of your income. Oh my God. He, he's seriously suggesting that receiving a lump sum of cash equal to 10% of your annual income, more than a month's income, isn't like any real help. Absolutely, completely delusional. This guy lives in a mansion. This guy has servants. This guy is wealthier than a lot of slave owners were with plantations that stretched from one horizon to the other. Um, and he's here, like, trying to explain the... Um, uh, uh, like, you know, this is very much how much could a banana possibly be? $10? Bosh, I have a confession. When I was a conservative, I followed a lot of Ramsey's advice, namely living on a budget, paying off all my debt, my life got so much better. Do you disagree with living on a budget? What makes you think I disagree with living on a budget? So mathematically, the arithmetic says $1,300. If it changes your life, you really have a, already a major screwed up life long before. See, again, being poor is a moral failure. Not He didn't say if 1300 makes a big difference in your life, um, you're in a bad situation or you're clearly poor or whatever. He said your life is screwed up. Uh, also worth noting that something like 80% of Americans don't have even a $500 emergency nest egg, meaning that it's not just people below the poverty line. 1300 would be enough to more than double the nest egg of most Americans. COVID came along, yeah. and it doesn't fix it. Yeah, you got some pretty it dark fix challenges. It, it is uh, one more time the government saying they are doing something, and that was a different thing. That was a Biden bucks okay. for the thirteen hundred that set they set Dave Ramsey's on fire all over effigies all over Reddit and everywhere else. And yeah, because the thirteen hundred dollar payment and the other stimulus payments objectively improve people's lives, and every bit of research we've done into it has indicated that they went back into the economy and they genuinely helped people. But he hates it because he wants you to starve to death. Or, you know, Dave Ramsey's just one of those people that doesn't have any compassion and, you know, whatever. Oh, crap. It's just an obvious, it's just an obvious, it's an observation of the obvious. Political I had a college movie. professor that told me one time, he said, Mr. Ramsey, you have a firm grasp on the obvious. <laughs> Little did he know I was going to make a living doing that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. so there you go. I do have I, a firm grasp the, on the obvious. The meta I took away from this nerd paper and this, this, just for y'all listening, these kind of... Is he just ignoring Trump shit, too? I mean, this guy's definitely a Trump voter, right? So, like, yeah, he probably will exclusively talk about this in the context of Trump, even though Trump was bragging about the, um, the amount he gave poor people. Is this guy an elitist realist? He, I wouldn't say he's elitist. He's not that bright. He's just a preacher. He's, this, this is just another um, uh, megachurch. Mega church preachers are incredibly wealthy, and that's what he is. He preaches an economic doctrine. Um, it's gospel, and he makes an enormous amount of money from it. It doesn't make him smart or particularly competent. It just means that, uh, you know, a bunch of desperate poor people like get to look up to him and, uh, uh, you know, hope and pray that their lives get better by following his advice of spend less money. And if it doesn't, they blame themselves because that's the lesson he teaches. Nerd papers make my heart beat a little bit faster. I love them. 
Um, I think this lesson is applicable to my marriage. It's applicable to raising kids. It's applicable to being a good neighbor. It's applicable to my finances. There is no such thing as I'll deal with it later. That doesn't exist. It's a false premise that I can kick a can down a road on any issue in my life. Uh, no. Delaying payments on a loan actually does help a lot. Like it gives you time to build up your finances during a tough economic period, like say COVID, like during a time when a lot of people weren't working. So you you wouldn't even have the money to pay the, the student loans, which is why they were paused. It's like maybe in the future you have money, but right now you don't. And it pauses interest as well. Unbelievably brain dead. Um, uh, Absolutely shocking. He's a you bad don't like that? This is your cue. Don't let the door hit you in the Former employees say that is the voice of Dave Ramsey, the man known for helping people get out of debt and for his Christian principles. Good evening, everyone. I'm Tracy Cornett. And I'm Marius Payton, but recordings obtained by News 4 Investigates also shows Ramsey calling some employees stupid. Our chief investigative reporter Jeremy Finley uncovers claims that men and women were treated differently inside Ramsey's empire. Really? I'm going to check your butt out of here. It's July 2020, and Dave Ramsey is fed up. If you don't like that, this is your cue. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. Right, the they censored it before. Is talking to his staff, unaware he's being recorded. I'm so tired of being falsely accused of being a jerk when all I was doing was trying to help people stay in line. In line. Stay in line. With what he says are biblical principles within his company. Among them, no premarital sex for anyone who works for him. Ah. Uh, hmm. Remember when I said this is a uh, gospel? This is just um, more preaching. Listen, as he mocks such an employee. I don't agree with the righteous living core value. Well, why did you come, stupid? And if you do have premarital sex, he says it's grounds for termination, a policy he's willing to fight for in court. And I will write the checks. That is absolutely not constitutional to the attorneys to protect what we built here. De totally normal guy. Definitely not just a petty tyrant on a plantation. Definitely not just a lunatic preacher um, with his own with his own gospel. Uh, all of his employees, you're not allowed to f when you're around me. I don't get laid, so you can't get laid. Not allowed. You're not allowed to. Do you think he holds himself to these standards? I doubt he has a choice. Like, man, pain deferred is pain amplified, man. And the more we kick stuff down the road, the bigger mess we are making. And I think it's an ethical issue when we are, A, knowingly put putting hurting people into more pain down the road, or B... Which is not what happened here. We are making our grandkids that we've never met yet have to deal with this chaos, man. It's yeah. just... it's What? What? Uh, is he suggesting that... If you had your students loan pause, student loans paused, that it would transfer to your grandchildren? It's just unethical. It's evil. Debt ceiling race. It's, it's evil. You know, here we go again. You know, they're going to do it again. Let's just go further in debt. Because, uh, oh, of, co of course, because this wizened financial genius, right? He's against raising the debt ceiling. 
because he's against all debt, so he thinks the government should bankrupt itself. So this this guy knows literally nothing about economics. The only piece of economic advice this guy has that um that that could be useful is don't overspend your income, which you should be able to get when you're four years old. Um, yeah, bro, just default, just default your payments and cripple the U.S. dollar by reaffirming to the entire world that we won't pay our obligations. Other countries don't have debt ceilings. You can reduce the debt by. I don't know, maybe electing representatives who lower the congressional budget spending as opposed to just having an artificial death limit. Yeah, or, or debt limit. Yeah, it literally is prosperity gospel shit. Yeah. Uh, none of those people voting on it are ever going to pay any of it. Zero. They're, they're going to be dead. Zero. They're going to be dead. Most of them are going to... You don't pay off the government's debt. That's not how it works. You don't pay the government's debt. The U.S. government's debt is not a thing that you, the taxpayer, pay dead now they're so old but yeah unbelievable but yeah the uh it's crazy so yeah that the, it is unethical and the thing though dr uh uh les parrot our, our friend you know he we've spoken with him a bunch of times he's used he's been on smart conference a bunch of times and he always says you know these negative emotions these negative situations whatever they are whether they're mathematical whether they're relational whether it's a career decision, you kick the can down the road. This stuff has, his fr famous phrase is, it has a high rate of resurrection. It will be back. It will, it will. Like I said, it's a church. It's gospel. He's a preacher. This is his flock. This is just a mega church. All of this is just about uh, reaffirming sermons and praise. Uh, don't o don't outspend your income. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a scripture that they read from. It'll be back. Yeah, I'm coming back. And so, you know, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Sit down with your spouse and get this straightened out. It will be back. You can't sweep it on the rug. It's not going to go away. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. That's, that splinter, if you don't pull it, will fester. And gangrene will set in. We'll have to amputate your whole arm because you wouldn't pull this one little sliver of wood out of your finger. Or Getting a deferral on your student loans is like allowing an infection to fester somehow even though the whole point of deferring a loan is that the loan amount doesn't change and infections worsen with time. So we're drawing a comparison between something that is not changing and something that is changing in an argument about how things are getting worse, worse being itself a kind of change. Or, you know, is he so having a stroke? Uh, God willing. That's scary. Your job is taken away from you overnight. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., you got to be on the phone finding something else to do. You got to be on that computer to find another work. You got to figure it out. Yeah, and remember, if you if you get laid off your job, you have a moral obligation to wake up at 6 a.m. the next day. It sounds like good advice, but in reality, what it is is victim blaming. It's the grind culture shit. If you're ever doing poorly, it's because you haven't worked hard enough. Don't 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 look for any government handouts. Forget the fact that America has like tens of millions of people in crippling poverty. Forget the fact that other European countries have not only higher average wealth, but also um, higher class mobility and also far more humane standards when it comes to unemployment and welfare. And they're happier in general and they live better lives and everything is better over there for the common man. Forget all of that. You have a moral obligation to suffer and you're not following biblical teachings if you want to let anyone else do any work for you. Ignore the fact that Jesus Christ of Nazareth was an incredibly giving person who absolutely was in favor of, um, of kindness and charity to the workers. You have to work as hard as you can because that brings you closer to Jesus. Jesus being, of course, a figure known primarily for how hard he worked and not for, you know, compassion to the poor.
saying that because it sounds so callous, but it's me trying to tell you I love you, and I think you can figure yep, it out. He lo- see, he loves you. When he tells you, you've been fired, you immediately have to spend every waking second of your life searching for a job because it's totally normal that in America, if you get fired, everything in your life, including your health insurance, is immediately like cut off. Uh, he's actually doing because he loves you. You're suffering because he loves you. Out. Well, step straight into the difficult things. Man, run into the Do storm. Do hard things. Yes. Michael Easter, Comfort Crisis. Do hard things. Step straight into them. It changes your brain chemistry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're not, if you're suffering in life, if things aren't working out for you, it's because you're choosing to avoid difficult things. Never mind the fact that the stress of being a poor person in America would be enough to make this man right in front of us kill himself after three days. This man would put a bullet through his brain before having to live the life of a like single mom working two jobs to provide for her children. But no, no, no. You're actually avoiding hard things when you don't spend every nanosecond of your life working hard. This guy's actually like a, a real go-getter, really putting his uh, his face out there for the suffering uh, by sitting here at a desk in an air-conditioned room explaining to poor people how they're not working hard enough. Yeah, and what Michael would say, which I think is so true, is if you do hard things on the regular as a part of your life, if you're constantly not running away from a conversation you need to have with your wife, but you're leaning into it. If you're constantly stepping into challenging moments with your kids, constantly like doing things like exercising and, and not going for that extra dessert, when something like this hits, your brain and body are ready to run into the storm. You've, tra- you've been training them. Run into the storm. By run into the storm, what he means is pay your student loan debt, even though you have no job. Now, again, notice the moralistic language. Notice how this is being synthesized into the image of a broader, hardworking person. Propaganda like this was really common back around the turn of the century, like the Gilded Era, when people were like, like children were working in factories and textile mills and shit. The idea of like the noble, hardworking, honest, everyday man was primarily someone who suffered for the benefit of his employer and did not complain about it, you know? Every other attribute of their personality was subservient and second to how willing is this person to get paid basically nothing uh, to make an employer wealthier. Right? When you just take the stairs, right? You're training your body and your mind over time so that when hard things hit, bring it on. Spend your entire life training for insufferable economic hardship setback after setback after setback. Never question why the people above you or say, for example, this fat is worth $200 million. Never question why the country is run almost entirely by millionaires and billionaires who for some reason keep passing laws that make their lives easier, that allow them to get more money, while arguing that it's immoral and greedy of you to do the same. What cuckolds, man. I have so little respect for people who fall for this bullshit. I hate these people. I hate these two. I hate the people who watch them, but at least the people who watch them have a chance of like turning over a new leaf and understanding that they're being used. You're literally listening to Prosperity Gospel. You are the biggest cucks in the world. Let's go do this. Yeah, that's exactly right. But if you've been avoiding everything else and you get the opportunity to avoid this, I'll kick this can down the road. Mm-hmm. Yep. Remember, if you uh, if you appreciated your student loan debt forgiveness, if you enjoyed the pause that you got, it's actually because you're the kind of person who avoids conflict. If you appreciate the fact that when you're out of a job and the entire economy is crippled, you get a couple extra years to get your uh, your bearings together so you can save up money to spend and actually pay down your debt, you're actually a bad person. You're a morally wrong person. You are incorrect. You are morally degenerate. See, those of you that are kicking your student loan can down the road right now and you're not dealing with it, 
we're talking to you for it's the last five minutes. You. It is coming for you. It, it, this it's is coming for you like biblical judgment, because that is exactly what these guys are talking about. It's coming for you like biblical judgment, because it is punishment for your moral failings. It's not at all possible that systemic injustice may have contributed to your economic turmoil. It's because of personal mistakes that you have made and that is coming for you. And your life is going to be worsened as a direct and unavoidable product of your moral failing. Unlike this guy, who's morally good because he's worth $200 million, of course, because he's a plantation owner. What a piece of shit. What pieces of shit. You'll notice, by the way, that despite these guys being, like, categorically opposed to debt as a concept, you'll note, and I guarantee you this, they are not at all in favor of any transformative legislation that would cut down on debt as an institution in this country. I guarantee you. All of the like economically transformative laws that would curtail banks in their use of credit cards, advertising of them, the incentives that they use, the way our economy is structured towards them, the way mortgages, auto loan payments are structured, the economic expenses that people bear, the burdens, all of that. I guarantee you they are totally fine with all of that because they know the game. The game is poor people are already burdened by crippling debt. Let's make sure they feel guilty about it, too. So they only blame themselves and not others. 100%. Scum.